Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to the podcast, 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. My name's Tito Guerrero, and let's jump into it. So hey, what's going on everybody? Tito here with another episode from Behind the Walls. So this podcast I think is fitting um, with all the craziness going on with the George Floyd thing and COVID-19 and protests all over the place on both ends um to talk about protests in prison and what does that look like how does that work what happens right so i'm gonna talk about two different ones that um i went through um nothing crazy to be honest uh i'll go through the lighter one and then we'll go through the heavy one next um but You know, I'm I'm sure you've heard of, like, things like hunger strikes, right? Where people will refuse to go eat and everything. And the reality is, um, for the most part, you might get a couple people that are really going to do it. um, But most people just aren't. When you you have, you know, 3,000 people in a penitentiary, um, yeah, there are just people that won't do it. Um, It's hard to rally that many people inside, right? So, anyway, this first one happened while I was on the level three side, on the higher security side. And what had been happening was, um, you know, it was really hot. um, And in California, uh, you would get these uh, brownouts, right, where the the utilities company, PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, would do these rolling brownouts and stuff and and basically um they would volunteer the prison to to go through this so we would be without power for most of the day until you know later at night and mind you in a prison cell and in a building um you know it's gonna get hot and we were in vacaville and vacaville gets really freaking hot Right, days that go up over 100 degrees, and so you're talking the buildings didn't have air conditioning to begin with. So, the only thing you have to combat the heat is fans. And you know, thinking, thinking back at it, I don't know how I freaking made it because, yeah, it was it was bad, right, with no air conditioning. But these brownouts, they were just going, 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 and like. It was like a three-week thing we went basically without power. I mean, it was just crazy. And um, people kept complaining. People kept complaining. And the only thing they would really let us do is go to work. And there was power for those buildings, right? Um, And then emergency backup power for everything. But uh, it was that. And they would let us go to yard. So everyone go to yard. It's the only way to get some fresh air and everything. And be somewhere where you're not worried about you know not having electricity um and next thing you know all the different groups start talking 
And so everyone's talking about, you know, what are we going to do? And, you know, in my mind, this was early, early on in my stint, but it was still, I had been locked up probably a good five years, maybe six um, at the time. And, um, yeah, everyone's just like, yeah, well, we're going to, we're going to strike. We're going to stop going to work. And not enough people were willing to strike. Right. Um, <clears throat> So then it was like, all right, um, we're going to go out to yard and we're not coming back in. Right. And I was like, okay, well, you know, that kind of makes sense, you know. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if enough people do it, like they can't send everyone to the hole. You know, they could lock the prison down, but who cares? There's no power. It's not, you know, it's not a whole lot to do anyway. Right. So needless to say, that's what ends up happening. We decide we're going to protest by not going in when they announced yard recall at um, in the afternoon, which that was like 3.25 they would do yard recall, right? So, of course, someone freaking told the cops about it, right? So, people are out at yard. It actually kind of started raining a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. And... Um, so, like, the cops are asking us. We, my Sally and I worked in the program office, so they're asking us, and we're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, and they're like, we already know it's going to happen, and blah, blah, blah. You need to tell people, like, I don't need to tell people shit. That's, people are going to do what they do, but I, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, needless to say, I go, and and most people are, like, getting suited and booted, right? They're just in case shit jumps off with the cops, right? So, um, needless to say, yeah, it, it, yard recall is about to roll around. I freaking leave, leave work. We got off work usually sometime around like 2.30-ish, right? Um, so I head back to the building. I throw on some regular clothes, get me a cigar, because back then we could still smoke. And I got my radio and everything. And I'm like, screw it. I'm staying out. I'm going to enjoy myself. I got my cigars. Like, whatever, right? So there weren't a lot of people in the yard because it was rainy, right? It wasn't like rainy, rainy. But it would rain a little and then sprinkle. It was bad enough to keep some people inside. Um, but when they called yard recall, what happened was a lot of people that were inside came running out. So they might not have been out the entire time, but they came out when it was time to. And we all got under one gun, so um, buildings one and six had the little towers on top with the gunners to to watch over the yard. So we got under one gun, so we were directly under the one gunner, and everyone just started, it's like a little hill, so everyone just starts stacking up on this hill. And all you see are people in raincoats and... And, like, a lot of people wearing their gray sweats and their white T-shirts and bandanas tied around their face. Kind of looking like some COVID crap, right? <laughs> but, I mean, people literally look like like we were a bunch of, like, gang members without colors on, right? And we're all just out there. And, and like, they're like, everyone report back. Everyone report back. And then they set off the alarm, which means to get down, right? Nobody's getting down. And there's still people just walking the yard. There were some people that were doing laps. And for the most part, as people got around and the cops were kind of getting deeper on the yard, 
then they all started coming over and we were all over at, at one block right and SNI search and investigation they come out with their little camcorders and they're videotaping everyone they got the shields out and the big super soaker pepper sprays and tell everyone it's time to go in take it in now we're about to do this and do that nobody's listening we're like we are tired of not having power you know this is not gonna work and they just keep i mean the stand down was going on they got the gunners aiming at both from both sides of the yard at us and then one cop um comes out and he comes running out i mean like and and he was an idiot i'll tell the story on him later if you listen to all these podcasts just remember when i tell the story about the cop that said he was assaulted when he snatched an ice cream out of an inmate's hand and he tried to say the inmate did it to him anyway it was that piece of shit cop but he comes running out like baton in the air like literally running towards this mound of freaking convicts a good 50 plus of us right and i mean they open up i mean it was some shit out of a movie so he's coming running out yelling and this just imagine like this big old circle of yellow because all the raincoats and stuff and it turned into like a pac-man like the mouth opened up they were gonna let he was gonna get up in there he would not have made it back out like and, and i know it sounds funny but just imagine this mound that has nothing but convicts standing around on it so once again it looks like a big old yellow circle because we're all standing on there and when this cop comes running out he was a piece of shit cop he probably if nothing else he would have got his ass beat really bad but someone probably would have tried to kill him because it would have been the best time to do it like his dumb ass was really about to run right into that circle and they opened it up they wanted him to Two or three other officers actually grabbed him, damn near tackled him to the ground, and drug his ass out. It wasn't until later, when I was at work in the program office, that I heard them talking about it. They were like, we had to fucking save that dude. He was about to go get his ass killed. He was really about to run up into that circle like he was going to stop some. And in my head, I was laughing, going, yeah, you probably did save his ass. But anyway... So they go back and forth. They end up grabbing some of the influential people on the yard. And they tell everyone. They're telling them. We'll get you guys power. But it's not going to be today. You know. We'll we'll get it back for you tomorrow. And what ends up happening is. The shot callers and MAC. Men's Advisory Council people basically say. If you guys can do that. Then we'll, we'll call it a day. We'll get everyone in. And you know we'll be good tomorrow. And that's basically what happened. So, you know, we had a quick talk and everyone went and locked up. And the next day we had, we got our power back. I'll never forget going in the program office the next day and having someone say, you know, that they're, they're going to be doing write-ups for everyone they had on video. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm on there. I'm on the video. Clear as day, it's me. And... Uh, I was like, okay, I guess I'll be doing my own write-up. And they basically like told me, they were like, yeah, where were you? And I was like, no, I don't know what you mean. Uh, I locked up. And they're like, yeah, 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 we got the video. And I'm like, okay. 
They never said anything to me, but they sure as hell know I was one of the people that was out there um, standing my ground like everyone else. The thing being is that um, doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter if you do good for the most part in prison. You know, when it's time to ride, it's time to ride, and you do what you got to do. Uh, needless to say, uh, we got power back. Um, and the only other times that they ever did those brownouts when was when it was revolving and it involved everyone. So it wasn't just a voluntary thing that the prison was like, oh, we'll cut power here to save money or all that. So that was that one. Now the next one um, was a little bit different. Um, it was a, a strike, basically. Um, complaining about a number of things from health care to to food, to prices, all canteen, I mean, like, everything. And so, strikes are dangerous because it shuts the prison down. Um, They're dangerous for staff. They're dangerous for inmates. Um, When you protest and you strike, um, you you stand to get written up um, and then go to the, go to ad seg um, and then lose all your privileges, lose all your shit, you know, basically, and I'll never forget, I was an AM cook. Um, and AM cook, you start your morning at 3.30 in the morning. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like it's hard because uh, you don't go in. Then they kind of know and they're ready for it, right? So, um, yeah, it kind of sucks because you end up not going in. They write you up and then everyone, everyone else goes into work. And you're just the idiot, right? So, yeah, I never forget. Uh, kind of sucked because I didn't go in, and I like never missed a day of work because I hustled my ass off. So I made a lot of money out of that kitchen. Um, and the first, the first day, I, I was supposed to go in so that it didn't tip anyone off, and then I was not supposed to go in the next day. So, but I was like, no, I ain't going in. Screw that. So I didn't go in, and I actually. Um, Got a write-up for it. And then the next day, everyone else wasn't going to work, so it wasn't a big deal not to go. And I'm pretty sure I'd have to go look at my stupid homemade C-file, but I think they ended up throwing out that write-up because they didn't write everyone up, you know? But needless to say, you know, you don't go to work, and that means the cops have to cook the food. That means the cops have to pass the food out. That Like, the cops have to do everything. Oh, my God. They hate that shit but you can't do something like that out here right because uh like we all don't go to work we don't make money we end up losing everything we have right um in prison it's kind of like screw you i'm gonna be locked up either which way it's just a level of comfort that i lose but i don't gain or lose my freedom any more than i already have so that protest was a little bit on the heavier side, and it did not last long. As a matter of fact, I think we went three days, and then they were like, "We are going to lock people up," and then the call was finally made that no, we're going to go ahead and people are going to start going back to work. But um, I kind of, <laughs> to this day, part of me still goes, "Damn, we should have just kept at it," like because the threats were. You're going to get write-ups. You're going to lose time because you're now part of a, like, an organized prison shutdown. 
they're going to bust people out to break up all the the main people and all that. Like, it, it was all kinds of stuff going on. So, I, I would have liked to have seen, like, what would have happened if we had kept it going. Um, but we also got, for the most part, things that we wanted. But, yeah, it, it it's crazy, you know. Um, protesting and, and going against the grain is... is everywhere um inside the walls outside the walls um the thing i i i always felt was you know wrong was like when when things things happen to people inside the the walls in prison like like i said and i'll just tell that story real quick so it was yard recall uh, a lot of times people go to canteen, they go to store, and they'll buy ice cream and, you know, zoom zooms and wham whams, like ice cream, candy bars, honey buns, crap like that. And they give it out to their friends and shit. And a lot of times it'll be an ice cream with a candy bar so you can make a little sundae or whatever and you have a good time, you know, for that day. And then when you go to store, you get the guy the same thing back. And that way you're always getting something cool like every week, right? So needless to say, this guy ran into to the building looking for his homie to give him an ice cream, right? And so that same cop I talked about earlier that came walking out, you know, running out and almost got his ass beat, he's in there telling the guy, hey, you got to go. Now I'm speaking from eyewitness here. I was standing right there when all this happened. So the guy's like, hey, no, I'll get out of here. Oh, there's my homeboy. I'm just giving him this ice cream. So the cop tells him again. And I want to say this dude's name was Henderson, but I'm 99% sure that's wrong. But anyway... Tells him to get out again. And the guy's like, here he comes. And he's got his arm outstretched with the ice cream. So uh, Henderson, and I'm sure that's the wrong name. It was a black cop. Anyone listening from Solano from one building, asshole tall black cop. No, it wasn't Henderson. But he snatches the ice cream out of his hand. But I mean, like, hits him as he's doing it, right? Um, never told him, like, give me the ice cream. Or he did tell him to get out. But that doesn't warrant warrant snatching the ice cream out of his hand. So needs to say he snatches out of his hand. And the dude just starts going, man, fuck you. Don't be snatching shit out of my hand. Like, he gets mad, gets all up in his face. Which, to be honest, I probably would have did the same thing. Boom. Hits the alarm. So then they call me down to the program office to type up the lockup order. And on the lockup order, it doesn't read anything like what I saw. In the lockup order, he says the inmate came in to uh uh during during the yard recall he was not from the building he was out of bounds like all this crap and that um when he tried to to uh he had an ice cream the officer grabbed the ice cream from him and then when he tried to snatch it back opposite of what really happened he cut the officer's hand and assaulted him and when i saw that write up I mean, the lockup order, I took it back to the lieutenant. I said, I, I, I can't write this. And he goes, all you got to do is type it up. And I go, I can't. I was like, I don't mind fixing people's grammar and making, you know, making write-ups sound good because they're really illiterate. I shouldn't be doing that anyway, but at least I'm just writing what they write. I might clean it up a little bit. I'm like, but I was there, and this is not what happened. And so the lieutenant's like, dude, just all you're doing is typing. Just do your job. And I was like, I can't, man. Because I saw this. 
and this right here is a flat out lie. And the guy even took a picture of his hand and he 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 had to do it himself. He had a cut on his fucking hand. And I couldn't help but go, you went and cut your own hand just to get this dude in trouble. Like, that dude's going to get an assault. He's going to get time from CDC regardless. He's going to be guilty on that one, guaranteed. He'll get a DA referral, which means he has to go to court. And if the court finds him guilty of an assault, he's going to get probably another two years at it on his sentence because your dumbass snatched an ice cream out of his hand. So I told the lieutenant all this, and he's like, dude, it's your job. Just do it. And I told him, well, you fire me. And I put the paper on his desk, and I said, I'm going back to the cell. Do what you got to do. He never asked me to sign it, and we never really talked about it again except for, like, the next day. He just kind of said, hey, we good? And I was like, good, and never talked about it again. But... Like, we should have protested that shit, you know, because I told enough people, but people were like, hey, man, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, that's, fuck, that could have been me. And I'd be catching more time right now. All because some piece of shit cop abuses authority with no freaking care about whether this dude was going to get more time, lose all of his privileges. Why? Because he didn't obey one of your orders? Write him up for that. You know what I mean? Don't screw off his life, literally, even though he's incarcerated. Anyway, so those are some stories about some protests and some lack thereof. Anyway, hope you all enjoy. And I do want to give a quick shout out. Uh, Whoever in Dublin, Ireland, I got someone who listens a few times a week. Big shout out to Dublin, Ireland. Not to mention I'm half Irish, so I've been out there once. I didn't get to enjoy it that much. I hope to be out there again. Shout out to all the people in California and Texas that are listening to. I see y'all on, on my feed all the time. Um, drop a comment and I'll call your name out. <laughs> anyway, y'all be safe. Don't get caught up in too much of the bullshit. And remember, treat everyone as a brother or sister and this world will get so much better. Anyway, love y'all. <laughs>